Welcome to Syrup Shots Gaming. I'm Tyler, and with me is Dave. Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's going well. Pay no attention to the uh, mess behind me. It's been kind of a rainy week here. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, oh, rainy is putting it mildly to how many inches of water? I had a monsoon in my basement. Someone rolled the wrong... Someone rolled the wrong Dyson Jumanji in my house. <laughs> uh, yeah, good reference there. Uh, excellent. No, we had that happen several times in my parents' uh, basement for years. So uh, I understand where you're coming from from there. One time we came home and there was about three inches of water in certain areas of the basement. And that's when that's when my folks were just like, we're done. And they had uh, Helitech come out. Do the whole nine yards. Never fun. Yeah. I, uh, our shop vac wasn't cutting it, so I told uh, my wife to go get one. And evidently, everyone was running to the store like shop vac for Pokemon cards. Oh, jeez. <laughs> You're not the, we're not the only podcast that talked about that this past week. Apparently, Target has suspended the sale of all trading cards. Not just Pokemon, though. So. Well, I knew they had done Pokemon and, uh, like, all the sports ones. The only ones that were left were Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh, well, they were talking about that on this other one that they had suspended all because of the, the new uh, Transformers, like, card game or something is coming here soon, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know, but they were joking about it just as much as we were. So, uh... Wait, wait you know for what? adults to ruin a children's product, you know? You know what? <laughs> at, at least they have, um, like, tablet and uh, computer versions of these card games. Ah, yes. Because I still have the, I actually, uh, oh, I have the Game uh, Boy Color card game. <laughs> dude, I tell you right now, if at E3 Nintendo came out and said, Hey guys, Pokemon the trading card game, online, Switch. Day one purchase for me. <laughs> I know they tried for a while to do the digital stuff as well, because when I, I and I talked about this previously on another podcast, I tried to get back in the cards, couldn't do it, and I was investing like a, a money I didn't really want to invest in at the time, and I gave them all to that kid and who whose grandpa is in the play with. But right, one of the right. other things that I was able to do to recoup my cost is that the card packs I was buying at the time included little code cards to unlock booster packs digitally. That's for like still a, a thing. digital ver Okay, so I was able to sell those too on eBay. I said like something to the effect that I had like 10 of those booster pack codes and I, I of course, you know, put a picture online that, you know, scribbled out the uh, yeah, the codes on the cards so they couldn't be stolen. And I think I got like maybe 20 bucks for them or something. So, you know, you know, which is funny because that's funny because that online thing, because I actually play that. Really? Um, mm -hmm. You can earn booster packs in game for free. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> It, it takes uh, a while. That's that's definitely a faster way to get them or to get like, oh, a specific deck. I, 
But uh, so you pay to win for these two. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yep, but you can't buy specific cards. You can only buy packs. <laughs> oh, interesting. I I like that. Well, actually, I take that back. So you can't actually pay money just to get the online packs. You either buy a pack in real life where you get the physical, and then you can get a digital code, or you just earn for in-game currency playing in the game. I see. That makes sense. Okay. So it it, it doesn't have that uh, just pay money Loot for box. literally nothing. Yeah, literally nothing physical. I gotcha. At bare minimum, if you're paying money, you're getting the physical cards. Okay, that makes sense. Well, not these people I sold to on eBay maybe five years ago. They're just getting digital stuff, <laughs> Right, they pay right. for loot boxes through eBay. Maybe that's yep. a way Epic could bypass the Apple Store sell on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> so I know we have talked about that previously on the podcast, and I believe a ruling is to be coming here soon. I read mm-hmm. an article that was basically stating that they think what is going to happen for the ruling is it will be found uh, in Apple's favor but with some serious stipulations to it so Mm -hmm. they think according to this article i was reading that while it's not really a monopoly per se because the what did the what did she use to reference the word the environment that Mm -hmm. people buy into when they buy an apple product just something specifically that those people are wanting the in the digital environment for apple and apple of course has control over how they do their business with that and epic really can't have much of a say for the customers have made a choice so it's not really a monopoly in that regards however though she this writer was basically saying how a lot of lawyers have agreed though that it has brought to light some of the rather monopolistic style practices, however, that Apple does. And in those regards, it might be more, okay, Apple, we find in your favor. However, the stipulations, though, are you have to end this practice, this practice, and this practice. Now, they think uh, Epic will appeal uh, the decision to a higher court. and I, I know Epic certainly has the money to do that, but if I, I don't know. Oftentimes I feel that sometimes I think companies do certain things because they want specific results, but to do that, they attack the bigger fish that they know that they can't get, but then are able to get the stragglers from behind that they were really after. So... I, I, I wonder if that was a situation that Epic, they knew they probably couldn't get what they wanted necessarily. But they stood with the bar. Exactly, which is what they really wanted. Yeah, uh, and honestly, it also might have been, I also wonder if it was maybe a power move because Epic's got money. Do you know how much Epic made last year, Dave? I haven't the slightest how much Epic made, but it's probably more than I will ever make in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, according mm-hmm. to The Verge, just last year, just 2020, okay. $5.1 Yep, never will make anywhere close to that <laughs> in my lifetime. <laughs> I would probably need how many lifetimes? At least 50? 
Uh, and, so if only, if, and if some of those were mega successful. <laughs> so I'm wondering if Epic's going to keep pushing until Apple folds, because if Apple doesn't fold, more and more of their practices they don't want to be brought out into the light are going to be dragged out into the light. Mm. Oh, that is interesting. That's another argument. Still, though, it made for some great entertainment, though, with about what constitutes a banana character being in the nude and what. <laughs> it's just a banana, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's amazing, though. Oh, 100%. Uh, so it's been so, a pretty exciting. Sir, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask. So, sir, what have you been playing this week? What have I been playing? Uh, not much, to be honest. Uh, like I said, last week I started a new job um, and uh, Monsoon. I, I, I mm. think I was playing Jumanji, but... Actually, do I still have Jumanji? <laughs> yeah, I still have my board game of Jumanji. Oh, okay. You might want to get rid of that if you hear drum noises <laughs> coming from the basement. Right. Uh, <laughs> about the only thing I've been able to play this week has been uh, some more Monster Hunter Rise. So oh. I just came across a new monster. Very nice. What is it? I forget its name, but it's a fire spider. Oh, I gotcha. Interesting. Uh, I want to pick that up, but I, again, I still say if I do, I'm going to want to play it immediately, and then Monster Hunter World will never be completed. And we, I think we got to get together collectively, I think we can we, do it. Yeah, I think we have but like five monsters left to go until the technical like end game. And even then there are a couple in there as well. But here soon, if we keep going, we're going to get like the last six uh, area in the game. Mm -hmm. It apparently is like a like an island that includes every other biome in it. And, like, Where it actually changes up depending on what quest you've been doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, yep. Monster Hunter Rise evidently has been doing really well. Uh, according to a tweet I saw this week from uh, Imran Khan, mm -hmm. Capcom expected to sell about six, maybe 6.5 million copies of Monster Hunter Rise this year. Yeah. They've already, rolled, already sold 7 million. Oh, excellent. Excellent. It is, well, it is now the best selling single console game from Capcom ever. Impressive, which beats Monster Hunter World. <laughs> no, 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 no. So no, because Monster World is multi-console. It's Xbox. Uh, oh, single. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh which is yeah, good. The one it beat, uh, yeah. I feel bad though. I always felt that Monster Hunter should have been bigger than it actually was, but I was part of the problem. I just I wasn't playing it back in the day. But I remember going to conventions and seeing these really cool statues of these really unique monsters and i'm like that is that is just awesome looking i need to play that game and then it promptly fell out of my brain in three minutes when i passed the next awesome thing at the anime convention but after seeing that trailer for world from that that year's e3 it was finally something along the lines of this is something that's going to be special and i i knew it and I think we kind of all knew it, at least in our friend group, that it was going to be something fun for us to do. And I think uh, Phil rented it from Redbox when they were still offering games for like a weekend. And he's just, this This is something really cool. I would love to play it with you guys. So 
I very quickly bought my own copy and the rest was history. <laughs> See, I think I was the most hesitant going into it, thinking uh, I'm not sure. Because I had tried some of the demos from like the uh, the uh, 3DS and whatnot. I was like, eh, I don't... It, Monster in the World, though, no ch game changer. Absolute mm -hmm. game changer. I wouldn't um, say I you think... were the most hesitant. I think Chris was the most hesitant. <laughs> Because well, we all had to chip in so he could get a console to play it on. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Because we none of us did it on PlayStation. We did it on Xbox. Yeah. I think I would have preferred it on PlayStation just for a few more of the exclusives we could have gotten. I, I wouldn't have minded the uh, Horizon Zero Dawn quests. But uh, when Phil said, yeah, I bought it on Xbox. <laughs> uh well, I, I guess think, I think the thought process. Xbox. Yeah, I think the thought process was that's what we were all uh, playing online with at the time. It is, and, and yeah, now, luckily now we're in a situation where we all can afford all of the game subscription services. Hush, good God! But uh, it, it's still uh, cross-platform isn't a bad word anymore, though. Cross-platform play. Well, unless you're Sony. Oh yeah, yeah. You saw that part that came out of the uh, uh, Apple versus Epic, didn't you? I don't believe so. The only way that uh, Fortnite got cross-play on PlayStation mm -hmm. was, and evidently every company that has it has to do this, they have to pay Sony to allow cross-play. Oh, jeez. So, uh, uh, what's the name? Of the, what's the company that makes uh, Borderlands? Oh, Gearbox. Uh, Gearbox. Gearbox just announced, hey, we're about to launch crossplay. It won't be on PlayStation, but mm. PC and Xbox. Yep, yep. On the one hand, I know Sony was top dog this last uh, console war, and a lot of indications are pointing to the fact that they might be yet again. But at the same time, though, you got to wonder how much... Oh, excuse me. Oh, I'm trying to fight off a sneeze, ladies and gentlemen. I'm terribly sorry. I am failing miserably. Go away. <laughs> ah. All right. You would hopefully think that after a while they would realize that they're losing out on um, goodwill with the consumer, but then at the same time, if they keep holding out, though, and then the consumer ends up buying a PlayStation to to alleviate the problem, well, then Sony wins. So. Well, I I think this is very much a tortoise versus the hare scenario. Sony's the mm -hmm. hare. They're in the lead. They got the speed. Uh, mm -hmm. But they're playing arrogant. They're not being consistent with the right moves that moves them ahead with their fan base. Yeah. Uh, I'm very sore with them over the... Uh debacle that is these internal clocks that are going to turn game consoles and physical copies of games useless and it sounds that they don't really have a plan in place to fix it and their big excuse was was that they don't want players falsifying trophy data which is one of the big reasons for the clock and I'm of the opinion, who cares? This is digital gold stars, and you cannot do anything with them, really. Yep. 
So, and apparently Xbox is also just recently found out not immune for this controversy. It seems like they have done something the same for the Series X. Now, this isn't affecting all games per se, but it is affecting some. But someone did go in and take out the battery for the clock mm-hmm. and or wasn't was unable to connect to the Internet or something along those lines and wasn't able to play a specific game. But others, they were able to. So I forget the specific example that couldn't, but then they said, but well, we plugged in Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition and that played just fine. So... Uh, it sounds like they doubled down on their always online feature from the one, which was, well, that was the key leading cause in the beginning as to why Xbox was in second place of the big two, that, that generation. Mm-hmm. The thing they all, these companies also need to realize is there are just still some areas in the United States that either don't have internet or have the crappiest internet imaginable. I, and, I used to work for an internet uh, providing company, and there were customers where we'd have to say, three megabits per second's your best. Mm-hmm. And the real, the real big cause for this is the amount of money it would take to redo everything from these ancient antiquated systems that we have in place that they're still trying to use, like I, all no, the wiring and such. That's... They are, the internet companies have kind of compiled together and it's basically just created a giant monopoly. Every country outside the U.S. has faster, more consistent internet at a significantly cheaper price. Gotcha. So they, but it's, oh, I I guess I'm thinking of something different, but they have set up the monopolies for basically like mafias you know you or mm-hmm. gangs you don't go into our territory we don't go into yours right and you price fix so that everyone has similar prices so no one wins yep oh boy uh yeah i got you which Ugh. is you know garbage hot garbage mm-hmm. well the game I've been playing this week, since I am finally on summer break as of about noon yesterday. So, Are dose? Are dose, but since I didn't have any planning necessarily to do this week, because my planning was, all right, boys and girls, you're going to help me with a cleanup chore for the art room. And if you do that, then I'm going to plug in a movie. Or if you want, I'm just going to let you play on your phones for the rest of the class period. And so they would help me do that. And so the room got cleaned up pretty good. And we got it ready for the big clean that they're going to do over the summer. You know, where they wax the floors and everything. But So like Thursday night, uh, there wasn't going to be any students on Friday. And I didn't have to be in until probably about two hours later than I normally would be. So I was, I guess I'm going to play Resident Evil tonight. And then Friday night, I'm I'm going to play Resident Evil tonight, too. um, (laughs) I have to say, I am surprised at how well I am doing uh, but I'm not using a guide with this. I've only had to use a guide for one part of the game so far. 
And that was because it was a picture puzzle. And it's one of those, oh, you look at the picture and here in this picture is the location of the hidden, it was a hidden like weapon upgrade. And gotcha. I'm just staring at this picture and I'm like, I have no idea where this is in the game. And come to find out it's in a room that otherwise is absolutely useless in the game. It only has like uh, a box of handgun ammo in it. So there's really no other point to being in there. So, oh, so this is the reason why it has a point now. It's where, it's where they hid the stuff in. So, but I'm not playing with a guide and I'm, I'm doing really well. And I've been getting these achievements for, I apparently unlocked every safe and combination lock in the game where you have to find clues and read pamphlets and stuff in the lore to figure out what they are. And so I'm playing this game, no guide, and I'm getting so far. I'm about to head to the final area, which is the, the underground laboratory that they reference in several other Resident Evil games. And right. I know that's the final area. And I'm just, wow, I did that without a guide, but I'm smart, you know? <laughs> At least I feel like I am. So uh, I've also only died once in the game. So I'm nice. doing really good at saving all of my uh, health items for when I really need that. And I'm trying to be better at, because you, you, you can't kill everything in this game. Remember how in Resident Evil 4, you pretty much could? No. Right. And zombies take a lot of bullets sometimes. <laughs> sometimes little, it's one little, shot. Little bullet sponges. Oh, yes. So I've gotten real good at kneecapping them <laughs> mm -hmm. and making them fall over. And then uh, they can't get up for a while. And if you manage to blow off, blow off the leg at the kneecap, they're not getting back up again. They just crawl around on the ground. So then they're easier to dodge. <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, I will say, though, the area of the game, though, when the tyrant is lurking around the police station, and especially using these headphones with the 3D sound setup that Doug showed me how to do, and you hear his big old stomping footsteps, and you're just, oh, crap. No, don't <laughs> find me. Please don't find me. Please don't. It's like the worst game of hide-and-seek that you can imagine. Uh, yeah, so the only time I died, though, was uh, there's a section of the game, a small section where you play as a different character, Ada Wong. Uh, okay. I know. I don't think you're as familiar with Resident Evil as I, I know. Some... Who, I know who Ada Wong is, because there was a special like mission for Ada Wong in Resident Evil 4, right? You played four, yes. Yep. Okay, there's a section where you play and the tyrant starts pursuing you again. <laughs> and Ada only has a handgun, and at most gets 20-some-odd bullets for it, and a hacking device. That's it. And I know better than to try and put bullets into a tyrant. That's not happening. So Right. So he nailed me, and I was in a situation, I'm like, I'm not sure where to go right now. So he just hauls up and finally got to the point, I'm like, okay, kill me. Yeah, <laughs> let's reset this, just haul off and slam me into the ground or whatever you're going to do. And 
So he did, and then I re reset it, and then before he appeared again, I was I looked around with everything. Where do I go? I think I go here, and yeah, that was correct. So nice. <laughs> yep. Very did nice. have some. Uh, luckily, I am desensitized enough from playing so many of these games with my brother, as well as other horror games like the Dead Space series. The Evil Within, and several others. But I have had some legitimate jump scares that did get me. It, it's happened about uh, two times now. Uh, on one, I was entering back into a room that I was pretty sure I had cleared. And as soon as I opened the door, the zombie just went, Blah! Ah! Crap! <laughs> <laughs> and then there was another... Because they've upgraded all the boss fights. And this game is really... It is so remade and so well done and changed. It's more like an echo of a remake in that there is so much new, but it's still so familiar. But mm -hmm. it's really its own thing. So they have a boss fight with the uh, creature that's been... The guy that's been injected with the G-Virus, which causes unlimited mutations and i go into this room to reactivate a the main power kind of like jurassic park you got to reactivate the main power yeah and so i do that and suddenly i hear like stomping from above and then the room catches on fire and suddenly this massive clawed hand just shoots through the ceiling and starts trying to grab me wildly oh, what this didn't happen in the original. <laughs> <laughs> so that got me pretty good, too. That that was a good one. I enjoyed that. But I'm really enjoying it so much so that I think after I beat Leon's campaign, I'm probably going to jump right into Claire's because they're, they're different. The stories, <laughs> there will be areas that do overlap, though. Yes, I've done this before. But there are certain areas that... Claire gets to go to that Leon does not, and, and vice versa. And there's major plot points that are different. Like the whole Ada thing doesn't happen mm -hmm. with Claire at all. She meets oh, okay. up with a, a little girl that you have to kind of protect. And apparently that has been expanded on more. And apparently the head of the uh, Raccoon City Police Department is now like this corrupt uh crazy pedophile it seems now so you're rescuing yeah. her from this crazy man who in this zombie pandemic is uh indulging himself apparently uh, that sounds awful but you're being her rescuer and hopefully i put a bullet in him <laughs> fingers crossed uh, <laughs> fingers fingers crossed and uh other than that uh, the only thing I think after that, I think because I know it's kind of short, but I did finally manage to do what I said. I had some credit card reward points, and so I finally picked up uh, Mario 3D World with Bowser's Fury, which I mostly bought for Bowser's Fury. And this brings me to my game gripe, which is one we uh... have talked about, about before. But now, after this week, Tyler, I have to completely even more agree with you than I did the last time. Nintendo, not every game needs to cost $60. Come on. Really? 
so I mean, I lucked out. I managed to find a seller selling this for 40 and I had 20 bucks in reward card uh, points. So I, I, buy, I, I got this game for $20. So that is how much I would be willing to pay for Bowser's Fury. 3D World is just a bonus for me because I already own that game and I've already played that game to death. But this week, I was always interested ever since high school. That was when I think with the advent of the internet becoming even more uh, of a, available and also with uh, Smash Brothers Melee and the GameCube, we started seeing these Jap Japanese-only characters for games that Nintendo had only ever released over there. Because Melee was made for both regions, and so they took into consideration the likes and dislikes of America and Japan when they made the game. But then the trophies in that game, a lot of us were just like, who are these characters? And so this week they released the remakes of the original two Famicom Detective Club games. Mm -hmm. And I about had a heart attack when I heard those were coming because I remember, you know, being the 14-year-old warm-blooded males that we were at the time. And it's just, oh, who's this cute Japanese schoolgirl character Nintendo has only in Japan? And Ayumi Tachibana is her name. And so my, my lizard brain, of course, remembered that for years. And so when they announced they're remaking those, I was I was excited. I'm like, oh, wow, I get to experience something that and this is what I feel now. Wow, I get to experience something that you would, I didn't think would ever come here. But I go to see what the price is and they released both of them. But the price for these, for the two-pack of both of them, is $60. And these are visual novel games with maybe a bit of point-and-click adventure. And I'm sorry, the amount of effort I feel that went into making them does not mean I'm willing to spend that much on them. And since they're Nintendo games, I know that the price is not going to go down. So you, you might get lucky and find it at 45 bucks. Exactly. Well, but the thing is, they are digital only right now. So, oh, so you're screwed. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm probably going to end up just biting the bullet, but I did put them on my wish list. And Nintendo is good uh, on wish list items that they will message me on an email, hey, the item on your wish list has gone on sale for such and such percent off, but I know that's not going to happen for these, but it's one of those things, I'm even looking, apparently the price for them individually is 35 and I'm just, no, I would say $20 is probably good. 25 pushing it. I'd probably be happier spending maybe $45 for the pair of them rather than $60. That just seems overkill for me. So, and then I'm looking around and they've got other games like I want to try new Super Mario Brothers U Switch version because I want to see what 
the uh, peachette <laughs> nonsense is all about, and uh, with the the peach crown. Don't 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 go on Reddit. Oh no, I know. No, <laughs> we're not going to talk about Bowsette on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. And I've already banned my students from talking about her in the classroom. So, but again, that's another game, sixty dollars. Uh, I'm sorry, that game is not worth sixty dollars. I would argue that game was probably not worth sixty dollars when it came out on launch day for the Wii U. That was a good pack-in title at the mm -hmm. best. Although Nintendo Land was a good pack-in title as well. That was. was fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so that's my gripe. I just, I wish Nintendo was a bit more forthcoming with reducing some prices after at least a while, but and on their lesser titles. Yes, there are titles, though, that absolutely you can keep charging this amount for this long. Animal Crossing, Mario Odyssey, Zelda, Smash Brothers. That makes sense. But these other ones, these re-releases where you've really only added, again, like with Bowser's Fury, apparently is only about five hours worth of content. So I, I'm glad I only spent $20 on it as opposed to the full 60 So Yeah. <clears throat> yep, yeah, yep. Nintendo. The... Take your time. Make fun games, but make them price appropriate. Mm -hmm. Which leads me into what I think is going to be our main discussion tonight. Okay. We are entering in the zeitgeist that is video game summer. E3 season, summer of gaming. We've already had a couple come out now. We already had yeah. uh, Horizon, Zero, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, which looks uh, really good. Far Cry 6 was uh, recently as well. Is mm -hmm. it six or five? Six. I don't follow Far Cry. Okay, I thought it was six. I don't follow Far Cry. Yeah. Um, um, Dragon Quest even had a, their celebration thing. Yeah, number 12. Did, did you Unreal see, uh, Engine. Yep. Did you see uh, Dragon Quest 3? I did not, but I did think, I think I heard that it's going the way of Octopath Traveler, correct? They are using the Octopath Traveler engine for uh, Dragon Quest 3, and it looks... That Gorgeous. I bet. Th that would be a way to remake those games while paying homage to the original art style, but in a way that modernizes it as well. And I think that was a really creative art style that they came up with. Yep. Oh, so, so, so we're yeah. in the midst of it, and you know what that means. Rampant speculation. Rapid speculation and what we want to place our money on. Yep. So, before we get into our predictions, I, I would oh, like yes. to read some of our friends. Yes, our fellow talking heads for tonight are again, unfortunately, either A, involved in uh, family uh, events that has precluded them from attending tonight, or uh, as another one would be children. <laughs> that's a family event yep 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 it's apparently a bedtime, family event yeah bedtime is apparently a a, a, uh, a nuclear war in terms of uh, events 
I have yet that, to find this out for myself, though. That is more of a war zone than Call of Duty war zone. <laughs> uh, I, I love uh, James's here. I got the list here right now. So yeah. Uh, so this is James's predictions, and I, I did that. We said predictions, not things that will actually happen. I still think number one's going to happen at some point, actually. So his list of five here was, number one, someone will shart themselves on camera. That'll I probably be that. someone. This is probably going to happen. <laughs> that's probably going to be someone at uh, Ubisoft. Maybe they'll bring out uh, uh, Skull and Bones again. Oh, <laughs> uh, jeez. Or uh, they'll... They'll come out with a new Assassin's Creed or something, too. Lots of loud noises and bright lights will happen. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Half-Life 3 will not be announced. Yep. <laughs> a producer... Dave, I, I, well, I'm sorry. I, I just, yep. just want to point out, evidently uh, Valve can't count to three, but Super Seducer had a third game. <laughs> No, Valve cannot count to three. Even then, if Half-Life 3 ever does come out, they'll rename it Half-Life 4 just out of spite. Well, it, it kind of had Half-Life 3 already. You had Half-Life Alex for the uh, the VR one. Yeah, but that was just such a narrow-focused game. Does that really count? Uh, uh, Narrative-wise, absolutely, because it actually ties into the ending of Half-Life 2. Oh, uh, okay. I gotcha. Well, I, I have other things I will talk about, but uh, we'll save that for with, that ties into VR games. Uh, uh, four, a producer will oversell a crappy game. Yeah. Hi, Ubisoft. Or if Peter Mullen knew there, it's going to be absolutely him. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2020, the pandemic will be mentioned frequently. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Rainbow Six uh, Quarantine. Yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> the Division 2020 edition. Ay, ay, ay. Ah, and this his time number is six. Worldwide. <laughs> yeah. Six, a spokesperson will try and fa but fail to emulate a culture it is clear they know nothing about. I think that is. Uh, some of the executives for gaming companies companies in general. I think really they should not let the, they should get hype men for these things rather than let the executives talk because 100%. they know business. I would say get a hype man and then let the creators talk because they know what they're talking about. Uh, and, you but know, they I might digress. Do they might do better this year because they've uh, gotten a couple hosts uh, for E3 that are more on the lack of better term reporting slash personality side of video games. Mm -hmm. So if they do a lot more like couch discussions with these people where they're mm -hmm. like setting them up to hit it out of the ballpark, I think that's I think that might be a little more interesting there. I'm surprised E3 hasn't really taken advantage of uh is it Jeff Knightley who's host of the Game Awards? Keeley. The, Jeff Keeley used to work with them on uh, E3. He quit and, and split off and did his own Summer of Gaming. Ah, I see. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Okay. All right. So we are going to do our own rapid speculation here. And uh, 
Tyler has uh, developed our categories. We're going to be talking about um, probably the most likely uh, that will happen. Uh, kind of the no duh Sherlock's or choose whatever word you choose for that uh, phrase. And then we're going to have our would like maybes. And uh, what was it you called that last one? Uh, Crazy Town Banana Pants Fever Dream Games? Yes, Crazy Town Banana Pants Fever Dream Games. Uh, like an ambient and LSD nightmare, this is what our brains will come up with. <laughs> this is what happens when you do Rumplements and Tetris Effect. Ooh, that, that was not fun. <laughs> so, do you want to go first, Dave? For uh, your... I guess I should preface mine with that. I uh, I don't usually care to make a lot of predictions so much in that I'm often wrong. So my bets will probably be a little safer. Uh, I know for a fact that for this coming E3, the next Smash character will be revealed. Uh, that that is one of that's my no duh. But I'm also debating on whether or not, though, they will introduce and reveal the last one as well. Because they didn't do it in last year's E3, because there was no E3 last year. But the year before that, though, they revealed uh, Hero and Banjo-Kazooie. Now, I could see them doing that again this time. Now, there's also rumors that there may be a last final special... Uh, character that's not included on the pass. I don't know how much I buy into that. I think Sakurai is probably getting very tired of working on the same game now for goodness. Probably what, two years of development and then three years of continued work on it after the game has been released? I would add another three years for Super Smash Brothers Wii U because that was pretty much the same game. It was that the pretty much was. Yeah, it was the bones of the game. Good point. So, man, that is almost approaching a decade of continuous development. So mm -hmm. the man has the man has deserved a vacation. I think we as fans should make a GoFundMe that when this is all said and done, we send him and his missus on a trip to the Bahamas or something because <laughs> he sure has earned it and as a man who put himself in the hospital for exhaustion for overwork he certainly earned my respect <laughs> and also my concern <laughs> right so uh, that's the big if i'm wondering though if they'll reveal the last one but uh sakurai has even commented he think they might at e3 he said in his famitsu col column he's not entirely 100%, but he thinks they might. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm I curious to see what the characters are. but I am too, because I, I, I love how the YouTube Ash, though, get on, well, it's this theory because da-da-da-da. There's never been any set pattern. It's just whatever he feels like. He put a plant in the game before Waluigi, and that is just hysterical to me. I was the, only say, thing, the only thing I say, and I've been saying this for probably like the last three podcasts, I feel we need another Namco character in there before it's all said and done because Namco is the co-developer on the game. 
you know, just being fair. Technically, mm-hmm. it seems like all other of the game companies that are third party have gotten three. Namco's only gotten one. So I feel they are like a, a Heihachi or a Lloyd Irving or maybe even a Cosmos from uh, Xenosaga. So who knows? Huh. Uh, do you know what series uh, Bandai Namco owns? I, I just pulled it up real They own Digimon. Oh. Oh, that'd be interesting. Oh, that's because Bandai made Digimon. That's correct. Yes. Yep. Okay. And uh, I could also see maybe uh, a Dark Souls character possibly as well because yep. they published. Oh, that would be hysterical. I just having like a Dark Souls stage for Smash Brothers. Now I have not played the Dark Souls games. Uh, I-, I have the Amiibo though. <laughs> so. Of Solaire, that would be a hysterical character to have. The, but I have watched uh, several YouTube videos of it, and I've played from software. I played all the way through Bloodborne. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, other predictions: I think Capcom will make uh, some announcements about Resident Evil uh, series. Um, as to what they are, though, I'm imagining they will make some predict- uh, announcements about DLC for Village or Resident Evil 8. I know there had been talk that they were remaking 4. But I don't know how much clout I put in. The, in this clout I put into that argument because, and this brings me back to the VR game, apparently they released Resident Evil 4 VR. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that was the Resident Evil 4 project everyone was talking or rumoring about than completely remaking 4. Uh, I would possible. argue it, it's possible, but I would argue that the games that probably need a remake now more than the others, especially considering how well 2 was received. 3, I know, unfortunately, they cut a good chunk of content, so... Shame on them for that. I think they could have uh, taken their time and put out a good project rather than use a bunch of assets they had and done a rush job. But I would argue that Code Veronica has not gotten that treatment at all, and that was originally meant to be Resident Evil 3. And now also the original remakes of Zero and One uh, are now Mm -hmm. getting to the point where... uh, they're going to be the 20 years old here soon. The remakes need remakes. <laughs> exactly. That's crazy to think, but uh, they again, wasn't it, what, 2002 when I believe the original Resident Evil remake came out? I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, it was when we were in high school, so uh, and we're closer to our 20-year reunion than we were to our 10-year reunion anymore. You which shut is sad. your blank mouth. Hey, it could have been worse. I could have said, uh, like, on Facebook today, and it was said, it showed a picture of an NES, a PlayStation, a GameCube, and uh, uh, I think a PS2, and it just said, remember, if you played on these with your childhood, to take some ibuprofen today for your back. <laughs> just like, I hate you so much right now. But thank you for the reminder. Yeah, yeah, I do appreciate that. <laughs> 
So yeah, here's... I'm going to be doing heavy lifting this coming week with uh, my final bit of moving in. So I'll probably <laughs> do that. Thank you for the reminder. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my no duh uh, prediction. Mm-hmm. Microsoft's going to get on stage. They're going to say, hey, we listened. You didn't like how Halo Infinite looked. We don't want this game to be subpar. We want this to not only meet, but exceed expectations. So they will show Halo Infinite. Mm -hmm. They will commit to holiday this year. Mm -hmm. And they are going to show the uh, free-to-play on Xbox uh, Battle Royale of Halo. Oh, I got you. Yep, yep, uh, yep, 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 yep. Agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I think Battle Royale would have been just the next evolution for the Halo franchise in terms of multiplayer. Not also because it's become the version of multiplayer to have anymore. It just... Yep. Yep. And I'm not so, familiar that much with Halo for the multiplayer, but even I know, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, if nothing else, Halo did a great job of having vehicles and whatnot. So if you have several vehicles scattered throughout the map, you could actually do a lot more fun with that. Yeah, it wouldn't just be deathmatch anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it, it would just be a, a good, nice, progressive evolution of yep. what the series really. And, and again, as you mentioned, if they have vehicles, uh, they're arenas were big and open it really kind of has all of the tools to do that it just now they need the maps to do so now i also imagine they will still have their traditional multiplayer as well wouldn't you oh i imagine so yes i i think it's Mm going to be i think there's going to be i think they're going to go the call of duty route they're going to have their free-to-play multiplayer which will be their battle royale their war zone Mm-hmm. And they're also going to have their game-specific multiplayer tied to Halo Infinite, and that's going to be more of your team deathmatch, your uh, mm-hmm. capture the flags, mm-hmm. your things of that nature. Now, yeah, yeah, they will probably share assets, and there might be some like you unlock it in this, you get it in this stuff. But I could see that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think there are going to be two avenues of multiplayer. So I think the online multiplayer will be free to play. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that not all of it will be playable for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how they make their money with those games. So that makes sense. All right. Yeah. Do you have another um, one that you think is kind of a, a no-duh situation? Because I think the Resident Evil one is one of my other no-duhs. I might have said otherwise. But I, I think, think that Capcom more- is going to make an announcement in some regard because it's the 25th anniversary this year. I know they already had their retrospect. I'm sorry, I keep. They had a retrospective last month, but I'm really good at that, aren't I? It's all right. I know they had a retrospective last month, but I still think they wanted to save some stuff for E3. I promise I'll shut up now. I think that they're going to show off more of Final Fantasy 16. Oh, I got you. Um, my extended prediction. Mm-hmm. is it's going to get pushed to next year, even though they keep saying it's this year. Probably. Yeah, but it looks good. It looks pretty. I, I'd I'd like to see a little more of it, you know, 
uh, in action, but... Mm-hmm. Do you think they will show anything off about uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two at all? I don't think so. I think because it's going to be right after Intergrade comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, and this is going to get to uh, one of the other predictions one of our friends made, or maybe it was you, mm-hmm. where they're going to talk, talk about some of our favorite series for mobile. Oh, yes, I did make that prediction. <laughs> uh, so I, I, they might do a little bit more talking about the Final Fantasy VII, uh, I forget what it was called, where it's going to be the classic turn-based series on mobile that's going to be uh, free-to-play. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you can't hear the sound of my eyes rolling, jeez. You know uh, what the worst part is? It looks good. Mm. That mobile game looks really good. If you could just let me buy it. Yeah, yeah, same. Put it on Switch. It's a perfect Switch game. Exactly. Uh, There's even been some games that were for mobile that I bought for portable systems, like Lara Croft Go, which was a fun puzzle game, actually. It was amazing. Uh, Um, There's one for Switch where it's on uh, Apple Arcade that I want to get on the actual Switch. Instead of paying five bucks a month, I just want to pay one time fifteen bucks. It's a game called mm-hmm. Grindstone. Okay. It is the funniest puzzle game, or it, it's so much fun. You're basically this like Viking dude who's trying to dig through a mine, and you're collecting gems, and you have to kill uh, creatures, but you have to go through so many gems before you can kill the creature. Okay. Another thing I wish Nintendo could do also is. Maybe release some of their mobile games actually on their physical consoles. Uh, no offense, uh, I you do my so much on my phone that I don't feel I need. Uh, maybe I could buy a tablet to play these games on, but at the same time, uh, Dragalia Lost look cool. Super Mario Run looks fun, but at the same time, I okay. never wanted them on my phone. So real fast here, uh, can can I go into a gaming gripe really fast? Sure. You, you you touched on you touched on a hot button for me. Uh-oh. So I I played Dragalia Lost. Mm-hmm. Dragalia Lost is a lot of fun. That is their Diablo. Okay. The problem is though, I don't want to play it with stupid touch controls. Let me play it with a controller. I can pair a controller to my phone. I will get a mount for my phone where I can play it with a controller. I don't care. Just. Don't make me do the stupid touch controls. (laughs) Yeah. Come on, Nintendo. Put your mobile games... They've earned their money from that, and the people who will play them on mobile are still going to play them on mobile. But why don't you treat some of us who've always been your bread and butter? Throw us a bone here. Come on. I, I have a theory why they haven't. Okay. So, Dragalia Lost is all about loot boxes. Mm. And I think Nintendo wants to keep a very clear line between having loot boxes for their consoles versus their mobile games. I see. Do you think, though, that the Dragalia Lost IP will only remain on phones, or do you think it will make the jump to like a modified version on consoles like... I hope, lost. 
loss complete or something. I, I if anything, I think they would do a retelling. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe do like a glow up of the graphics because it's very chibi looking. Oh, okay. Um, I got you. But it, it honestly has a great story. It has an engaging story. It's fun boss fights. It's it's cheeky as hell. It's <laughs> um, well, maybe I need to get a cheap tablet now just to have these games on. Although a Super Mario Run on Android now. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, uh, we'll find out. That, that's that's neither here nor there. We're getting off topic here. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I touched a nerve. <laughs> so, it's okay, but yeah, it just controller, controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dave. What's your? I don't know if it's gonna happen, but it'd be really cool if it happened. Well, uh. These might fall into the category of I think that they will happen, but I don't know which of them it will be. I still say Nintendo will have a trailer for something this E3, uh, but I don't know what it will be. I think it would be really cool if they would have you know one for the Breath of the Wild sequel or Metroid Prime 4. But I'm hedging my bets and thinking they'll just have one. Uh, I think just like uh, with Breath of the Wild sequel, they wanted to end on you know a really high note, and I could see them doing that again. And I would hope it would be an actual trailer, not just a teaser. So uh, who knows? I could be even completely wrong. And the one also that I would really like to have happen and i'm hoping it's true but rumor has it mercury steam uh the company who did uh the metroid samus returns remake for the 3ds Mm -hmm. has been working on a 2d metroid for some time now and they haven't released a game since 2017 but they have been working on something so i know at the end of uh spoiler alert everybody but at the end of samus returns they show an X-Parasite, which was the major plot point creature from Metroid uh, Fusion, or Metroid 4, as it was also known. So I could see them remaking that, because they've already hinted at it. But who knows? It could be something new as well. Mm -hmm. Or maybe even a Super Metroid remake. Who knows? I just feel, though, that... Uh, Super Metroid and probably Metroid 4 are up for remakes. Uh, The original Metroid uh, had the remake with Zero Mission, which was nice in that it basically made the original Metroid look like the CliffsNotes version of Metroid Zero Mission. So, And in some regards, uh, Samus Returns did that as well. In the original, there was no final fight with Ridley. But mm-hmm. you got to have that uh, rivalry keep coming back to them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of my pipe dream. Though. I would love to see that happen. I, w- I would just love to see some recognition that, aside from a Smash Brothers spirit event where, hey, these characters are celebrating their 35th anniversaries. Hey, why don't we treat it the same as we did Mario, guys? I mean, Metroid, Zelda... Uh, Castlevania is celebrating a 35th this year. 
Come on. <laughs> uh, how about you? So, oh, I'm sorry. First off, I'm going to piggyback off of yours for a second there. That goes back to our original conversation, your original game gripe. Yeah. I hope there's a 2D Metroid. I hope it's not 60 bucks. If it was Super Metroid Remake and Metroid Fusion Remake packaged in together, would that be $60 for you? It depends on how they did the art style, how much they changed, how much effort they put you. in. Okay. Yeah, I guess that would depend on it for me, too. Yeah. And hopefully they're not crappy, you know, download-only titles. No, give me a cartridge, you, you, you stupids. And Sony and Microsoft, fix your problem with your stupid clock batteries. That is so stupid. Here, Here is my... I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'd love to see it happen. Mm-hmm. Capcom goes on one of the stages. I don't care which stage. Maybe it's their own stage. Mm-hmm. And say, guys, we done goofed on our last three fighting games. Street Fighter versus Tekken? Meh. Street Fighter V, terrible launch. Capcom versus uh, uh, Mar- or Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. We're not going to talk about that ever again. <laughs> it's it's time for our redemption story. The dude that was behind this other project, he gone now. Bye bye. It's redemption. He is time. gone. Yep. <laughs> and to prove how serious we are, we're going to bring back a beloved fighting series. Capcom versus SNK three, twenty twenty. Mm. That would be good. And this goes along with your theory that the final character from Street Fighter V will be a, an SNK guest character. And I think that will be also be announced at E3. I do think the final character will be announced at E3. And I'm hoping that... I know SNK is willing to play nice, so I think it would be in their best interest to show that they're willing to play ball with it. And uh, King of Fighters 15 is now looking more and more impressive the more mm-hmm. I look at it. I've always been more of a Street Fighter guy. I have a couple of the King of Fighter games, but now now they're really catching my interest, although it might be kind of hard to catch up on, what, 15 games worth of uh, <laughs> storytelling. plus characters per game. Exactly. Uh no. I'll have to watch some of those uh, Behind the Warrior uh, YouTube videos like they do with the Mortal Kombat characters. <laughs> so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to one-up my prediction here a little bit, okay? Someone okay. from Capcom comes on stage and goes, all right, guys, we know. Super Smash Brothers is all for the nice boys and girls. But Capcom and SNK, they're for the fun boys and girls. Oh, my sheer new E for Street Fighter V. I can dig it. <laughs> uh, I'm still kicking myself because she was available in Dead or Alive 5 and I did not purchase her before the license ran out so mm. I can fight against her in the game but I cannot I, and that's another thing game companies need to uh, extend their contracts to be for the indefinite life of the game I feel <laughs> yep agreed yeah, I, and I think that's something that you're going to see more and more built into the contracts. Mm-hmm. Because, and it's weird, it, even though it's just like, well, once the movie's made, the songs don't get changed, except in some rare cases. So this is something that's been a little strange for me. I have the uh, DVDs of the 
delightfully awful Super Mario Brothers Super Show, The Legend of Zelda, the mm-hmm. Captain N, the Game Master TV series. And what they would do is they would do a, like a lot of musical parodies uh, or uh, covers of popular songs from the 80s. So, you know, you get a lot of Michael Jackson's Beat It and stuff like that. But with these DVD re-releases, I guess they lost the licenses for the songs. And so they had to, like, replace it with, like, you know, game music and stuff like that. But it's really out of place, and it's just like, man, I would have thought that, you know, once you make something like that, it's kind of just stuck in there because you bought the license to use it for this featured piece of art but so there is one uh tv series i know of that the entire soundtrack had to be changed really daria oh and it was released on dvd because at the time mtv had made a contract for like current licensed music on their channel to mm-hmm. be played in the background of daria's episodes i got you but they lost it by the time they made the dvds so they had to put generic music in for all of it oh I bet that sucked. <laughs> yeah, but the show's still good. I stand by yeah, it. Yeah, okay. I gotcha. Uh, so, funny. Dave. Okay. Again, off topic again. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say, it's time. Crazy Town Banana Pants. Crazy Town uh, Banana Pants. Uh, fever dream time. Fever dream. <laughs> Konami, even though they have pulled out of E3 announced the Silent Hills as one at one of the Sony or Microsoft uh, um, uh, conferences. There's been rumors for a while that Sony might have been interested, actually, now that they have Hideo on their uh, on their team, that they'd be willing to do it. So uh, my crazy prediction that's not going to happen is that uh, they will get uh, Silent Hills for the uh, as a ps5 exclusive it's not going to happen but wouldn't that be amazing though it's just like you know you've literally resurrected something from the dead that had everything going for it. and at the same time i am now starting to think what konami did was pretty awful but at the same time though i don't think kojima's hands are entirely clean in this either because he spent all of that money on the Fox engine, which was mm-hmm. an enormous project and basically just kept wanting to work on this on Metal Gear Solid 5 and work and work and work and work. And eventually there is a business side of this stuff. And I think eventually the heads at the company were just tired and were just like, it needs to come out. <laughs> you know, Agreed. we have poured all this money into this engine and Hideo's a creative first and foremost. He's a storyteller. Um, so in, in that regards, I think that's, you know, eventually just their two viewpoints eventually just stopped seeing uh, common ground, and that's eventually what happened. But uh, now if they could just, uh, if they outlawed Pachinko in Japan tomorrow, Konami would immediately pick up video games again. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Crazy universe. Say Konami gives all their licenses to Sony. Say, do whatever Mm -hmm. you want with them, okay? Okay. Do you think there's a universe where we get Metal Gear Solid V complete, where he actually finishes the game? 
that's possible. And it's just because, I mean, he had concepts for actually finishing it. It's just mm-hmm. it was included in basically the bonus disc as like watchable stuff in the Watch special the edition. Yeah. So I, I know it's all been storyboarded, but at the same time, I think someone, what they should do is, uh, if they were to do that and Hideo was involved, I would put him on, I, I would call it a long leash. I wouldn't, uh, but I would make things clear from the beginning, though. Hey, you know, we're going to give you this much time to finish this, but you know, no extensions or anything. But it's a good long leash. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Are you ready? Are you ready for my crazy town banana pants theory? Oh, hit me with it. <laughs> okay, because I'm gonna go all out here, Dave. This, I'm gonna I'm gonna do Nintendo here for you. Okay. Okay. Nintendo comes out either at E3 or slightly before. Mm-hmm. Goes, guys, we've heard you. You feel like we're running behind in terms of graphics, so we're gonna give you an option. Here is the switch pro or whatever they want to call it here Mm -hmm. oled screen better battery life docked runs 4k okay 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 here's where i'm gonna get here's where i'm gonna get crazy dave okay if you get the switch pro kind of like the new 3ds could download super nintendo games the switch pro Mm -hmm. can download gamecube games (laughs) and i guess to couple to what comes with it is the Switch Pro Pro Controller. Because they like double naming things, like the Pokeball Plus mm-hmm. Plus. Mm-hmm. Here, here is the Switch Pro Pro Controller, Dave. It mm-hmm. is got advanced haptic feedback rumble, similar to the DualSense. Mm-hmm. It's got adaptive triggers, so for normal Switch games, which are just the digital triggers, very short pull. But mm-hmm. has the ability to do the long pull for GameCube games. I got you. Okay. Similar form factor, and if they loved me, they'd put back paddles on it or back buttons. <laughs> yeah, that, have, that, that, that's a fever dream, all right. <laughs> they will have not one, but two options for headphone audio. You can either plug in your headphones to the controller okay. or Bluetooth headphones to the console. Oh, Okay. I got you. Hmm. Um, and, and they're going to have it replace the base switch. So you'll have the Switch Lite and the Switch Pro. Mm-hmm. Or if they would decide to go crazy Nintendo naming, Switch Lite and Switch Heavy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be great. But I think um, they're they're. I think after the the Wii U naming debacle, they're gonna. Make it so it's clearly something different. <laughs> it's the new switch because yes, it's yes. not going to be a, it's not going to be a brand new console. It's going to be mm-hmm. a half step, kind of like going mm-hmm. from PlayStation to PlayStation Four Pro, um, mm-hmm. Xbox One X. Yeah, yep. I think they are going to expand their online. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they have said that they are reworking that because it's been the same mm-hmm. infrastructure since. Finch, I, I can talking today uh, mm-hmm. since the Wii days. So, 
So here's where I think they're going to change things up. If you're on that $20 plan, cool, you can stay on the $20 plan. That lets you play online, that lets you use our app, and that lets you get those free games that are already mm-hmm. out. Or we have a $60 plan that will let you do in-game chat, because we want money, and we'll give you N64 and GameCube games and Game Boy games. Hmm. Interesting. Last prediction, and okay. it's either going to be that adds to this here. Hey guys, it's the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. We know you love them. Today, day and date, you can download virtual console versions of all the previous Pokemon games. Wow. That would be cool. And trade digitally? And trade digitally using that Pokemon Home $15 a year subscription. Nice. Uh, I can see them do something like that because then if they re-release, uh, they re-release red, blue, and yellow, and you could and put, gold, silver, and crystal. Yeah, and you and you could put Pokemon into Pokemon Home from that, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, very nice. Uh, okay, I'm as thinking, we, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say I'm th- I'm thinking not just those games. I'm looking at Ruby, Sapphire, uh, you know. The original Diamond and Pearl, not just the remakes, uh, Black, White, X, Y, you know, Ooh. all of them. I want all of them available because they each play <laughs> differently. All the Pokemon. <laughs> Tyler wants to make the ultimate slow bro, is what he wants to do. <laughs> Pokemon Rusty with the ultimate Bidoof. Uh, well, didn't you try and make the ultimate slow bro at one time? <laughs> I did, and in one level up, it gained 14 in special attack. Nice. Oh, that's funny. Speaking of funny, I had one funny thought, though, before I guess we wrap things up for the evening. So I was thinking Namco characters still for Smash Brothers. Mm -hmm. And I finally, I was just sitting here thinking of, like, what would be, like, the craziest thing that would be, and I was just sitting, and I was just thinking in my mind, I'm like, can't, Castlevania Katamari Damashi crossover. And I was like, well, that would be the weirdest thing. <laughs> that would not happen as a prediction. But then I started thinking, wait, Namco owns Katamari Damashi. What would you think of the prince being a playable character in Smash? <laughs> you see... It's- it's weird enough that Sakurai would consider it. <laughs> I don't think the prince would be a playable character. If anything, new stage, Katamari stage, where you're fighting on the ball he's rolling, and it keeps <laughs> changing with the new things he picks up. And you nice. have to keep dodging stuff. Uh, that would be funny, but it seems like, as for stages, though, they're more focused on having stages related to fighters than just some, well... Not all of them. They still have the Tomodachi live stages and such, right? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, and uh, they, they seems... still have the uh, Picto Chat stage and and uh, the Wrecking Crew stage. Okay, mm-hmm. I could see that, but uh, it seems for DLC though they're more focused on having Magic it relate with the to the exactly. So that would be a fun stage though. But I'm just sitting there thinking, well, what could the Prince do? But if they kept him the same size, though, and so you really only see the ball. <laughs> that would be something. Mm-hmm. 
but you like pause and go into photo mode and you can zoom in and there he is really tiny on the screen. <laughs> uh, I would have loved it if they had done some like uh, DLC of uh, assist trophies. That would have been cool. Uh, there are also characters that were assist trophies that, you know, became playable characters. And there's more I would have liked to have seen, like uh, the character uh, Isaac, uh, Saki Amamiya from uh, Sin and Punishment. Um, uh, there's uh, Bomberman as an actual character I would have enjoyed. But uh, considering that his primary moveset is placing bombs and not so much necessarily throwing them at times. I can see why. So I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree with you there because there is a Nintendo precedent for a great move set for Bomberman. Yeah. Bomberman 64, where he got all of those elemental bombs he could throw and kick around. Oh, okay. I never played Bomberman 64. It was a good time. Mm -hmm. I know that one of the 64 Bomberman is like one of the, rarest GameCube uh, GameCube. Uh most expensive N64 games. It's like two hundred something dollars. Like Bomberman the second oh, the really? second attack or something. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. I can't right, imagine Dave. what that's worth in uh quarantine money. <laughs> Alright. Joe character but not a good wrap up here. New DLC okay. character. They released Bomberman as a DLC character. Was that crappy Xbox Bomberman? <laughs> See, okay, uh, that was one thing I actually liked from Street Fighter Cross Tekken because they <laughs> the had Mega Man. the Mega Man, the crappy box art <laughs> Mega Man. I thought it was hysterical, and I thought it would have been a great way to put Mega Man in the Street Fighter universe because it's no way it's going to work that you know he's the little fighting robot, but this overweight buffoon who thinks he's a superhero or something and dresses up, that would have worked perfectly in the Street Fighter universe. You see, I think that had missed opportunity there, because I think that would have been a great second character slash alter ego for Dan Hibiki. Yes, that would have been great, because Blanca dresses up as Blanca-chan for, you know, that if Dan had a costume, it's, it's Mega Man <laughs> as... <laughs> When he works at the arcade with Sakura and Blanca. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Oh, fun times. So we shall see in the coming weeks what we got right, what we got yes. wrong. Uh, what it's, I got uh, very wrong with that crazy prediction yeah. for Nintendo. Yeah, June 13th. Isn't that when we find out a lot of stuff? I think so. I, I believe think so. so. Uh, is that a Monday? So, uh, do, 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 do. That will be a. Well, if my calendar will work, work, work. Uh, that is a Sunday. Sunday. Okay, I'm actually off Sundays, so we mm -hmm. might even do a live react. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. We um, might could be able to do that. We might could be able to do that. <laughs> good old, our good old Midwestern drawl there. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep but until next time ladies and gents be safe be kind bottoms up bottoms up <laughs>